Hi everybody, welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. So we are going to be a whole year old in June next month, June 2022. Letters from Your Dog is a year old, which is absolutely crazy. So we're going to have some really cool giveaways throughout the month of June. So if you would like to be in with a chance to win one of our courses, access to our membership or to some of our coaching services as well, all you need to do is make sure you listen in during the month of June. There's going to be a prize every single week and you need to listen to find out how to get one. Okay, see you in the episode. Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hello and welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. Today we're going to be talking about my most favourite topic ever and that is the question of why is connection the most important thing when it comes to working with our dogs. Before we get there though, we just wanted to ask you a favour. If you are a fan of this podcast, if you could go to wherever you're listening and just leave us a review and subscribe, that would help us so, so much. It means that the podcast is available and shown to more people so that we can help out more dogs and their people so thank you very much if you're able to do that for us okay so as I said today we're going to be talking about connection and connection is my favorite favorite topic when it comes to thinking about dogs and people and how we work together as lots of you know and lots of you are members my signature membership within my company is called canine connection for that reason it's about really building that relationship and that bond between the person and the dog and I'm going to start just with a few examples um, to help us to think about this a little bit. They're a bit weird, so just go with it. I was like, how can I explain this? And these are the ones that popped into my head. So let me give you an example from March 2022. So at the time of recording this, just a couple of months ago, earlier this year. So my car is renowned for being... I'm going to be honest, a little on the messy side. (laughs) I've always got the boot full of dog stuff and full of coats and random bits of equipment that I barely use, but somehow it feels like it'd be very important to have it there. I have actually got one of those boot organisers. If you haven't got one, they're fantastic. So it's like a big kind of open-topped holder with various compartments, and I do love a compartment, so that's full of random stuff. In all honesty, and the main part of that is um, a load of random dog leads and things in case I happen to find a, a lost dog that I need to grab and put in the car. But anyway, that aside, so the car rarely gets a clean, if I'm honest. And when I do get it cleaned, I'm always like, oh, this is incredible. I should do this every month. But of course, I never do. So back in March, I um, finally got my car clean. My neighbour just started a car cleaning business, so he did it for me. It looked beautiful. It smelled amazing rather than smelling like dog, which is what it normally smells like and I got in I was like oh this is fantastic what happened later that day (laughs) do you guys remember in March we had the um, Saharan dust cloud that came across England anyway so massive dust cloud that come all the way from the Sahara Desert and it basically rained brown rain all over my sparkling new car (laughs) and I was like right great well that was pointless wasn't it at least the inside was still nice but the outside was definitely dirty (laughs) another example from my own life so I'm moving house at the moment very long process and there was a few months where we had people coming to view the house obviously and to have a look and see if they might want to live there and because 
because I have lots of animals, I would spend honestly hours really making it pristine, something like four hours just cleaning, getting rid of all the dog hair, removing all evidence of dog, because of course not everyone likes animals, and just trying to make it look as, as good as it could really. And I remember one time I was really rushed, so I was cutting it a bit fine, had to get the dogs out of the house and wait for the person to arrive, la 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 la. And um, so I just about finished this big clean. I opened a kitchen cupboard to shove in some stuff, as you do, <laughs> quickly shove it in and close the cupboard and hope for the best. And what happened? A massive bag of flour fell out, landed on the worktop, flour went everywhere and of course it's so fine that it sticks to every surface it's kind of impossible to hoover I discovered because it just gets pushed around rather than being sucked up and again I was like oh my gosh I've just spent four hours cleaning this house and this cloud has gone in the kitchen in the hallway absolutely everywhere so that's another example (laughs) and the third one so this is sort of turning on its head a little bit this is when I've felt very guilty being this person so I don't know if you've ever been into a public bathroom or maybe a hotel or a restaurant like a foyer or a lobby and you walk in and someone is there cleaning the floor so washing the floor sweeping the floor whatever and you happen to walk in with muddy shoes on and if you are a dog person I'm sure you've had muddy boots at some point and you kind of hover going oh sorry is it all right could I come across the floor and most of the time they're like yeah don't worry about it and they just clean up after you but it feels really bad because they've just been cleaning it and you've gone and made it really dirty again so all of those three examples If you were that person in the main role, (laughs) the main character of any of those scenarios, you could be thinking, oh, for goodness sake, I've just spent all this time and effort doing this task, making it clean or tidying or whatever it is, and it's all ruined now because this thing has happened. And this is often the message that I hear from pet parents. So you might have spent ages, months, weeks, months, however long, teaching your dog something. And then something comes along and it just feels like, well, that was completely pointless. And it might be, so let's say you have a dog with separation anxiety and you've managed to get up to an hour and a half leaving them on their own. And then something happens when you leave them, like there's a big noise um, or someone knocks on the door and startles them or they have a scrap with your other dog and you set them right back to the beginning. You think, oh my gosh, I'm back on leaving them for two or three seconds again. What was the point of all that work? Or let's say you've been working really, really hard on your recall, um, really like working every single day, your dog's getting much better, and then you go away on holiday for two weeks, you leave them with a family member or a friend, they don't do any of the things you ask them to do, and you get back and your dog's ignoring you again, and you think, oh my gosh, all of that work for nothing. (laughs) There's lots and lots of scenarios in which this might happen. What I tend to find, though, is that the most common one is that someone is trying really hard so they're really doing lots of things to try and help their dog training so they might be watching lots of videos online maybe they're following along with someone on the television or a podcast like this really taking the advice on board and doing lots with their dog but 
they still don't feel like they're making progress. The dog is still reactive to noises or the dog is still nervous of people. And that's when we can start to kind of question, either question ourselves and our ability to be able to follow through with advice we've been given or actually whether the stuff that we're doing is going to work and actually maybe we need to turn to other methods, often more unkind methods in some cases, to try and make a change, the change that we're looking for. And what I find in those cases is the missing ingredient is the connection between the dog and the person. So it's all very well going through a whole list of training exercises. So you could be teaching anything at all. Let's say you're teaching your dog to stay out in public. So you're in a big open field, you ask them to lie down and to stay and they manage it (laughs) in some situations and in other situations they completely ignore you and they run off or they run after you or they grab their toy and start chasing that and you're thinking why is this working in some situations and not in others often that missing ingredient is that connection piece so your dog may have learned a skill but often what they've learned is more of and I use this term Uh, cautiously I should say but more of a party trick so the perfect example of this is when people try and teach their dog what's often referred to as impulse control or self-control so they might hold out a treat or something on their hand and the dog is very very good and doesn't take it or often you'll see people putting treats on the dog's paws or on their nose and the dog's waiting patiently and then you give them a release word or get it or okay and the dog the dog eats the treat and you think oh wow that's really cool but then you've still got a dog that's jumping over your guests when they're eating trying to grab the pizza out of their hand or sticking their head in the dishwasher trying to lick the plates or whenever you've got your your back turned jumping up and grabbing something off the worktop and there's no judgment here I have definitely had a dog that would do that and is still an opportunist do not get me wrong if I were to go out and leave anything tasty within reach of my Staffordor, I would say there's a pretty good chance that he would help himself to it. <laughs> now, if I asked him not to, he probably wouldn't. He, he would, he'd be a good boy. Um, if it was in an area that he has learnt that isn't a go zone for him, so if it's on the worktop or something like that, he wouldn't take it. But if I left a bag of food shopping, let's say, on the kitchen floor and I left the house for an hour, chances are he'd stick his head in there. Now, that's not because he's a bad dog. (laughs) It's just because A, he's a Labrador and he absolutely loves eating, which I can definitely empathise with. And B, I just haven't set that situation up for success for him. I know that he loves eating, regardless of how much he's had that day. (laughs) And I'm not there to help him to make a good decision. And actually, it's a heck of a lot to ask him to make a good decision for two hours whilst I've left. It'd be better for me to put that food shopping away before I go, for example. So please don't think that my dogs are perfect. They're definitely not. (laughs) And they've all got their own characters and things as well that go along with that and breed traits and all that kind of stuff. The greedy Labrador isn't just a myth. It's a thing. It's a real thing. I can can attest to that for sure. But I'm going off a little tangent there. But the idea is that if you don't have that connection piece there, what can start to happen is the training that you're doing with your dog just becomes a party trick, just becomes something that they do in that training scenario, but it doesn't translate to real life that's where the connection piece really really comes in so a good way of thinking about this think back to when you were at school um can you remember your favorite teacher and I actually find this quite hard my memory's rubbish (laughs) at the best of times but I can certainly remember 
my favourite teacher, the way that they made me feel. I don't really remember much of what they taught me. It was a long time ago now. I couldn't give you any details really about any of the lessons or anything like that. But I know that they made me feel safe. I know that they made me feel heard and listened to. And I know that I felt confident to say what I wanted to say in front of them. Whereas with other teachers, I might be nervous to put my hand up and answer a question because of how they might react if I got it wrong, for example. If you can't think of a teacher, can you think of a friend or an employer even, anyone that's been in your life that you just really enjoy spending time with? It could be someone in your life right now. So maybe it's your best friend. Why do you like spending time with them? Well, there's probably aspects of their their character that you like. So my best friend is hilarious. She is really fun to be around. Um, she's also someone that I don't need to constantly talk to. So if we were to sit and watch TV for an hour and say nothing, it would be perfectly comfortable. It wouldn't be that awkward, like, oh gosh, no, we should be having a conversation type thing. So you want to really think about what is it that you like about them? But then also, how do they make you feel? So in my case, with my best friend, she makes me feel like a worthy person, like I'm worthy of her time. She has time for me when I ask for it. She is able to be open with me about things. I'm able to be open with her. And again, she makes me feel heard and listened to. That's what we need to create with our dogs. That's what we mean by connection. So we need our dogs to be able to feel safe enough to communicate with us. I'm not comfortable with this or this is too hard for me or you're asking too much of me right now or I haven't learned this to be a- to the extent to be able to do it in this scenario that you've put me in right now. Please listen to me. Because the biggest irony of dog training ever is that often we say, my dog isn't listening, my dog can't listen to me right now. But we aren't listening to what they're saying, not in words, but in their body language, in their um, running off and playing with another dog, in their choices, in their decision making, whatever it might be that they're doing that we don't like. That's a form of communication. So that that connection piece is about being able to listen to our dogs and saying, "Okay, you're telling me right now this is too hard for you, so I need to make it easier." stop for the day, (laughs) remove us from this situation, go home and plan what I'm going to do differently tomorrow. And then we try again. The other part that's really important is our reaction when things go wrong. We've spoken about this on the podcast before, but there will be times when your dog ignores you and goes and does his own thing. And there's lots of reasons why he might be doing that. But your reaction to his choice is really key. Because if he runs off and you go, Bentley, come here. And you do that enough times, that's going to have more damage to your recall than actually the fact that he's run off in the first place. If instead you say to yourself, okay, he's not able to listen to me right now. (laughs) Maybe I need to go and get him or do whatever it is that I know is going to get him to come over to me in a positive way. Then you can feel like you've had an experience where you've just learned something. Your dog's just given you some information. He's just said to you, you know what? I can't listen right now and I'm going to go off and do my own thing. Rather than getting stressed and worried and angry and your dog feeling that communication from you and thinking, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to come back next time either because this is what I get when when I come back to my mum or dad. So 
for me, that's why connection is so important. It's about a two-way communication between you and your dog. And that's often the thing that makes the difference. So if you have felt like you've gotten a bit of a, a rut with your training and you're just not quite sure why things aren't working, I would invite you to go back and just revisit how well you're listening to your dog, how well you're responding to their body language, to their choices, to their decisions, and see, okay, well, if I'm not responding so well, what can I do to make things just that little bit better and that little bit clearer communication between my dog between me and my dog so that we feel safe together okay so I hope that's helpful to think about why connection is important um, if you are interested in learning more about connection about safety as well and also about freedom I have a very very cool collaboration coming up with my friends and colleagues uh, Laura Donaldson and Andy Hale we've got a three-part workshop series which is starting on the 31st of May there's one in May one in June and one in July you can come to just one or you can come to all three if you would like to and I will put the link to register in the show notes so if you would like to learn more about this and just generally how you can get to know your dog a little bit better do come and join us for that series it's called know you know your dog so it's a little bit about human psychology a little bit about dog behavior as well and it's set to be really exciting so i hope to see some of you there okay take care Hi there, just super quick before you head off, there's two things I want to make you aware of. So myself and my friends and colleagues, Laura Donaldson and Andy Hale are kicking off a brand new series called Know You, Know Your Dog. It starts on the 31st of May and it's a series of three workshops over three months teaching you how to build more safety, more freedom and more connection in your relationship with your dog. You can join us for just one workshop or all three but make sure you get in there before the 31st of May which is when we kick things off and I will put the link in the show notes for that one. We're also going to put the link in the show notes for our upcoming free five-day puppy training challenge, which I know lots of you have done in the past. So if you have a new puppy or new rehomed dog and you want to find a way to kick things off in the right way in terms of building a relationship, do come come along and join us. It starts on the 30th of May and it includes some free teaching from me as well as some training videos and resources as well that you can get your teeth into. So again, the link for that is in the show notes and I hope to see some of you there. Take care. Bye.